If you know God made you to make a difference, turn up the volume. This is for you. Welcome to the Purpose to Impact podcast. Here, we're digging into the what, where, when, why, and how around taking impact from an opportunity to an actual occurrence. We'll see what it looks like at the business level, church level, and personal life level too. The who, that's already answered. It's you. You are purpose to impact. So settle in and listen up. Your desire to make a difference is doable, and it starts right here. Hey, hey, welcome or welcome back. Oh man, we are nearing the end of our series on mindset shifts for deeper purpose and greater impact. And I don't know about you, but I feel like this has been such a good series. Um, A lot of these topics have been things that we're revisiting from, gosh, blog posts that I wrote back in 2020. And I feel like they were just just in praying about it and thinking like, God, all right, where do you want to restart the podcast this year? This is literally like the boom, boom, boom order of operations that I got. So it was, it's been such a blessing for me to revisit some of these things and share them with you and in this new format because the podcast didn't exist in 2020. So pretty cool. Today we are talking about how to pivot from a place of purpose. Last week, we talked about six steps to starting something new. And if you have something that's, you know, kind of burning in your heart of a new thing that you feel led to do or try or launch, um, it is the season of launching great things, you guys. Let me tell you, tis the season. So for sure, step into it. If that's the leading that you're feeling, step into it. But if you have already started something new and you feel you're kind of, hitting a wall like um okay I stepped out here lord we're I'm trying to serve but I'm thinking (laughs) then this episode is for you we're talking about how to pivot from a place of purpose now I grew up in a basketball loving house and for much of my life I played basketball and when I was younger like my elementary school years my dad was my coach now He taught me very early on that fundamentals were everything. And when I tell you, he had my sister and me outside in the Georgia summer heat working on drills and all kinds of stuff. Yes, even as a little kid practicing against a six foot six defender, I quickly learned how important it was to be able to pivot. Now, if you're not a basketball enthusiast, Let me help you here. The main rule for pivoting is that you have to keep one foot planted on the ground. You can't just run in a different direction. With one foot firmly anchored to where you are, you can freely move the other foot to get a better angle to move the ball around the defender in your way. And you know what? That same strategy applies when it comes to how we pursue our purpose. Purpose isn't so finite that there's only one specific way you can accomplish it. Based on our personal experiences, preferences, and comfort zones, we will naturally conceive of a way to do the things God has put in our hearts to do. But 
our plan A likely is not the only way to go about achieving that end. Now, in some cases, God wants things built in a very specific manner. CC, his plans for the Ark, the Ark of the Covenant, the temple, all that good stuff. But sometimes we get to use our own creativity that he's intentionally put in us to problem solve and figure out how to most effectively do what we're called to do. And that right there, that's what makes our ability to pivot especially pertinent in times like these when the name of the game is mega work. It's a skill that enables us to approach purpose stewardship effectively, even in the face of challenges. A clear understanding of purpose gives us the power to pivot successfully. It's not about changing what we do when it looks like nothing's working. When we've gotten a clear plan from God, that won't be the answer. Last week, we talked about those six steps to starting something new. And we talked about those structural statements, those foundational elements for building up based on our purpose. And when we have a clear understanding of what that purpose is, what that why is, you know, purpose, that's our cornerstone. It's the stone everything else is laid in reference to. So that cornerstone is never going to change. Rather, changing how we go about achieving the mission that stems from that purpose might make our efforts more effective. So for example, over these last couple of years, we have learned the importance of moving to live stream church instead of waiting to get back into the building when and the times when that wasn't an option. So here are some practical ideas for how we can pivot in our purpose. Number one, teaching. When we show our people how to do basic elements of what we would normally do for them, that allows us to stay connected to them and also continue to build relationship and deliver value. When we're talking how to apply this in a business context, teaching people is something you can A, do virtually, and B, it empowers your clients or your customers in a way that builds trust, which is why they will still prefer to have you as the business owner do it for them as soon as they're able to come back to you, whether it's a financial block that's happening or in the case when everyone was locked out of everything because everyone was trapped at home, you know, things like that. In a ministry context, teaching is powerful. It's something, you know, we go to church to hear the preaching and the teaching. But when you apply that in a context outside of a service setting, it still has that empowering and relationship building effect. Think about teaching Bible study habits, how to study the word, how to navigate different references, how to, you know, grow in a ministry related skill, whether it's message development or music, um, anything of that sort. Teaching really can empower people to deepen their relationship and connection with God and their ability to bring their own gifts and service into the ministry. From just a regular personal life standpoint, teaching facilitates those discipleship opportunities when you're just spending time with somebody one-to-one, teaching them something you know, or maybe you are lending your gifts that you have to the ministry or to advance an organization or your church, whatever it may be, in such a way that really just pays forward whatever God-given gifts, talents, and experiences 
that you've been blessed with. Number two, support. From a business standpoint, pivoting can look like a number of different things. If you have existing products or services that you can't deliver them the same way that you once did, then create an implementation or support package where you guide your customers or your clients through the process of using things that they've already purchased from you. If you develop something that isn't being as well received as you had anticipated, but you know, you know, the heart and the core of it is really what it's supposed to be. Maybe your pivot looks a little bit more like changing how it's structured, packaging up your services differently into smaller chunks that might be more affordable could be something or delivering your services virtually instead of in person or offering a masterclass that's recorded that people can go back and kind of take in chunks at their own pace could be a way that people can get the benefit of the knowledge that you would share with them, but not at the cost or at the logistical expense, (laughs) I'll put it that way, of having to do live one-on-one teaching. So those are just some ways that you might be able to pivot from a business standpoint. From a ministry perspective, pivoting Of course, the ultimate pivot was moving to live stream service when we had to do that. But the way we do fellowships and the way that we handle our children's ministries and things like that, really taking into consideration what those processes look like now and what concerns people might have, particularly new people, guests that are coming in, and making things as simple and streamlined as possible possible will really encourage people to come for the worship experience and bring their children with them or return. One pivot that we did for some of our fellowships and hangouts that were kind of ministry sponsored events um, when the weather is cooperative, you know, we take those things outside and not only does it make for an atmosphere where people can still enjoy time together with maybe a little more space and airflow between them, but it actually makes an even better opportunity to bring people to those events that might not feel ready or comfortable or willing to attend a service or a church setting. So having your life group in a park can be a really easy way to get other people to join, even the people who might just be at the park chilling. Maybe they'll see what you're doing and you can extend an invitation for them to join in. You know, it creates more of an open opportunity. And even though it's not the original way we have done things, you know, sometimes the plan B actually might work out a little better. Next, add. Come up with creative or complementary solutions to help people better access or use what you normally offer. All right, so in a business standpoint, if you normally meet with people one-on-one and you're used to a certain schedule, maybe that's not working right now. Maybe you need to move to a different format. So I'll give you a little preview here. So I mentioned last week that my like coaching model is changing, has changed, it's changing, it's in the, it's in the works. Anyway, so what I realized is for me in my season of life with three children under age six, I do not have the capacity to be doing live 
one-on-one coaching sessions for hours on end. It's completely unrealistic unless we want screaming toddlers in the background. Like it's just, which that's not conducive to getting anything accomplished, right? So what that now looks like for me is, hey, I realize that the core of the value that I provide to my coaching clients is in the writing space. It's in the editing, it's in the wordsmithing, it's in the whatever you want to call it, but making the words come out the right way. And that is not something I need to do live. And in fact, it just doesn't flow that way live. Like it takes time and reflection, which happens when my house is silent. So being able to offer virtual asynchronous feedback and edits is what I'm moving into so that I can do them at the time that works best for me. My clients can receive them at the time that works best for them and we can collaborate asynchronously through the wonderful gift of technology to exchange ideas and hear each other out and get everything updated and polished and then they have what they need and I'm back to changing diapers. (laughs) So that's an example of a pivot in terms of the way you would change how you deliver a service if you're a business. In ministry, maybe You were the person who would hear of prayer requests of people who have had surgery or they're in the hospital or they need just had a baby or whatever the case may be. Maybe normally you would cook them a meal and drop it off to their house and, you know, hang out and chit chat and just support them personally one to one for a little while. Maybe that's not an option right now. But hey, maybe instead you pivot that presence and that thoughtfulness and that caretaking to I'm just going to DoorDash you guys dinner tonight. You know, like being able to take a different approach that still serves the same end is a way to still make a difference and still show that love and that care and that attention, but just doing it in a way that might fit a little bit better for right now. Connecting. This is all about letting our people know that we care. It's checking in. It's being there for them without an agenda. It's all about just maintaining those relationships that we've worked hard to build simply because, well, especially in the business world, people are more valuable than transactions. So with all of the things that we've talked about so far, really, they all kind of tie back to this connection piece. So whether it's business and you're maintaining those customer relationships, whether it's ministry and you're facilitating that growth of the new people that are coming, or even the people that have been within your congregation for years, And even in our personal lives, those family relationships and those friendships, those neighborhood relationships, just being intentional about like reaching out, checking in and just being present to provide that love and that care, that support and that attention. And lastly, collaboration. I mean, I'm sure we all know what that word means, but in this context, you know, really working together with others that are just in that same space, working towards that a similar vision, similar mission, and finding new ways or maybe even more comprehensive ways to serve our people together. So maybe this is partnering up with another like-minded creative and offering a service package together or complementary services to really reach your target audience in a deeper way. Maybe in ministry, this is 
a couple of different ministries, you know, collaborating together to provide one great like event or conference or some sort of learning format to really just give a more robust ministry setting. So maybe that's doing a little bit of teaching and a little bit of mentorship at the same time. Over this summer at our church, the young people, they had like band vocals clinic that really just poured into these up and coming singers and musicians and it was just a beautiful thing to see kids that were coming out of kids zone and into the youth and also into our young adult group that aren't necessarily on the front line in worship service on a regular Sunday but they will be and so being able to teach them and build their skills in this way really was a great it was a great collaboration between the youth the young adults and the children's ministry and the music department to put this together and on a personal level you know it's so easy to just get together a group as a group of friends or family and say hey you know let's do some outreach in our neighborhood. Let's do some community service together. Let's partner up with this organization and, you know, go serve for a day. Or, you know, whether it could be doing a drive, it could be volunteering in a specific, like a soup kitchen or something like that. Whatever it might be, whatever cause you might feel led to serve, whatever God might be putting on your heart to do, just getting together as a group of friends or family and just saying, hey, like, let's do this together. Or even if it is starting something new that's kind of saying, okay, I have skills in this area. You have skills in that area. We see this need that needs to be met. Like, let's kind of pool our talents and resources and tackle this issue. So you don't have to pivot all by yourself. Maybe the pivot comes from adding your expertise to that of another individual. And then together, you're able to take a new approach in order to meet a need that already exists. The moral of the story here is when we no longer have a clear lane to run toward the goal, we might have to stop and change direction. With one foot planted in what we know we're called to do, we can change our approach to move around obstacles to get the job done. That, my friend, is what pivoting is all about. It's just about taking a slightly different angle or approach in order to achieve the same goal. Our purpose will be consistent. Our calling might change as the Lord leads and moves us and puts us in different places. But at the end of it all, our purpose is truly to be the reflection of Christ that everyone who crosses our path each day gets to see. And when we do that faithfully, that's not ever going to change. But the way that we show that reflection might be a little different. Maybe we show up as a teacher today. Maybe we show up as a coach or a mentor today. We might show up and it might look a little bit differently depending on what's needed and what's available or accessible in the moment. But that core purpose is still going to be the same. So, As you think about what lies ahead for you, whether it's starting something new or taking a new approach to something that you've already begun, I encourage you not to back down from the challenge when obstacles present themselves.
because they will. Instead of questioning and worrying like, oh, maybe I'm not doing the right thing. Maybe I need to just do something else completely. Think about that moment when you first heard that call, when you first felt sure that this is what God was calling you to do, what you felt meant to do and made to do. Remember that moment. Hold on to that and figure out how you can partner with God to keep one foot planted in that sense of purpose and maneuver around the obstacle to still get the job done with integrity. With all that said, let's pray it out. Lord Jesus, I thank you for your calling an election that is sure. You never change. And thus, our call, our responsibility to reflect you won't change either. Thank you for giving us such a multiplicity of gifts and talents and experiences and ways that we can reflect you in our creativity, in our businesses, in our ministries, in our personal relationships. Help us, God, to see how we can pivot instead of quit when things get a little murky or a little challenging. Help us to hear your voice clearly, to see your direction, to keep a hold on that sense of purpose and calling that we were so sure of when we started out. And pray, God, that every single day you would show us what to focus on and to just be that voice behind us that says, this is the way, walk in it. In Jesus' name, amen.